Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. On this episode of TFL Talking Trucks podcast, it's all about bummers. Yes, or... The airing of truck-related grievances. Well, I don't want to be a... No, bummers is a bad thing to say. It's not bummers. How about this? How about this? It's stuff that's been bothering us about pickup trucks that we can conveniently and politely suggest to the manufacturers to fix. Or it's our grievances that we have with these trucks. Same thing, bro. (laughs) And we did something very similar with the car thing and now we're doing it with the truck thing and it's the end of the year and that's why we're doing this yeah we're looking backwards and we're looking forwards that's uh, right. but before we continue we must thank our patreon supporters you guys you've made 2022 an excellent year thank you so much for your support patreon.com slash tfl car is our only page uh we have eight channels three podcasts or maybe four mm-hmm. uh four websites but patreon.com slash TFLcar is where you can talk to us. You could help us out there, make a small donation, but it's a very quick, direct way to talk to us. Yes, and you will get a direct answer from us. We can't always respond to emails and or comment, post every comment, uh, yeah. comments that you guys do on, on various channels and whatnot. We, we're just, there's it, only a few of us. Yeah, there's, I mean, we thank have a you, lot. <laughs> but we don't want to discourage comments. We read all of them. We just as can't, many as we can. We just can't respond to everything. Precise mundo. So there we have it. So how about we start with first one, and then we also have a couple of news items and also a couple of cool stories uh, from this week. Can we go to the news item first, especially about the big guy, and then maybe we go to this list? Big guy? Yeah. He's big. He's huge. So, yeah, let's... How about uh, how about we start with one tires? Okay, all right. How about right. we do tires, and it will lead to the big guy. So going into our grievances, the first thing that we have on our list. This is not in any particular order, so it's not a top ten or anything like that. But this particular one is a big deal. Andre and I agree on almost all of these, including this one, tires. Yes, and um, so when you buy a pickup truck, and we're talking about brand new ones, mm-hmm. right? Not used ones, of course. No, no, no. But brand new. Uh, if you're getting a simple, you know, just a four-wheel drive truck, maybe a work truck, base right? Base model or something, base a work model, truck. Base yeah. uh, model. It's I understand if the tires are kind of generic, right? Mm-hmm. Generic, interesting tires. But you said interesting. I no, just generic. Just generic. Yeah, they're not interesting. Most okay. of those tires are not good. In fact, I'll say they're crap in many cases. I'm sorry, but that's true. But then you select something special. Mm. Maybe like an off-road package, maybe a Z71, Uh maybe an FX4. Exactly. Yes. What happens then? You're still getting kind of generic tire. Yes. And that's where it really rubs us the wrong way. If you're getting an off-road package and you want to get a rear locker or better suspension, all that other stuff, the automakers are definitely cheaping out on providing better tires for that package. And don't tell me, well, that extra $300, you know, that saves you. No, it doesn't. 
consider the fact that they buy in bulk. And if they actually had with these packages the tires that really should go with them, that would save you guys hundreds if not thousands of dollars later on because what's the first thing people do when they have a truck and they want to augment it? Tires and wheels. Yeah, which uh, a lot of people do for looks. But a lot of people do it because their tires are not performing. Precisely. Exactly. Yeah. So here's another example. We recently purchased a 2022 Ram 2500. This was almost a year ago. Right. Um, you've seen it on our channels. Uh, we've actually put it to great use. Mm -hmm. uh, about 13 or 14,000 miles in, in under a year. Uh, and heavy towing, going long distances. The guys went to Los Angeles twice mm -hmm. using this truck. But the tires are now almost used up after one year. Now, we have gone off-road with it, and we have done some towing with it, but the reality is, is that this is a heavy-duty truck, and the tires that are on there are not up to snuff. And yes, we maintain these trucks carefully. We have to. We have Andre here. He's so anal retentive, he actually will look at a truck and just think to himself, what can I possibly do to make my life harder in order to maintain that truck just a little bit better? Yeah, and I spend money, and then Roman yells at me. <laughs> Every day. Yeah, that, that happens. <laughs> Every day. Um, but anyway, no. So, and we're necessarily not picking on tire manufacturers. No, but it's but just... But it's, 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 it's kind of both, right? Right. It's the manufacturer, like, you know, Ram, maybe Ford or General Motors. Or, or, even, Toyota, or Toyota or Hyundai or... Or Nissan. Yeah. Yes. Um, I know they're trying to watch their bottom line, and they're trying to put the tires that kind of match the vehicle. And a lot of them are designed for that specific vehicle. Mm -hmm. But you have to buy something very special, like a Raptor or a TRX, or maybe like a Ford Bronco Sasquatch package. Right, and that suddenly puts you in a completely different tax bracket. But for the average working individual out there who wants to get a truck perhaps one step above the entry-level 4x4 package or whatever, and they want to get that slightly better package, they might get a slightly better shock. They might get, um, you know, a locking rear end or something along those lines or something. But having tires that are just not up to snuff isn't, in my mind, fair. And that is my grievance, and that is Andres as well. He's angry. Yeah, and I also want them to last longer. I mean, it's yeah. one thing, you know, traction uh, issues is one thing, but if your tire doesn't almost last a year, there's something inherently, bit, uh, inherently wrong with that. And yes, we've been rotating them, and you should as well, you know, maintain rotation of the tires. You know what I tell people, by the way? What? Just to try to maintain some tread, you know, life is that every other oil change is a really good idea to, to rotate those tires, depending on where you live, too. I mean, if you live here in snow country, maybe you want to do that even sooner, uh, especially right before a major winter storm, which is going to hit us in the next few minutes. Yes, but what if you want bigger tires? Uh, that's a whole different thing. Uh, what if you want a bigger truck? What if you want... I'm trying to transition, Nathan. Okay. Uh, what oh. if you want... Tires so big, you could run over anything. Well, what he's doing is we're no longer on the list. We're now going to a news piece, an important TFL truck and TFL off-road piece that'll also extend, I think, to TFL Now and TFL Classics and definitely not TFLEB. <laughs> and that's because we just acquired for a long-term evaluation and also a rescue vehicle a what year is it it's a late 90s uh mercedes unimog unimog baby one of my favorite trucks ever and here's the deal so it's all this would not be possible without a friend jay yeah. couch yeah that's right so couch off-road um he's basically colorado-based near dia 
I mean, his property is it's pretty close to Denver. Huge chunk of property. Uh, yeah, huge property. But more importantly, it's a heaven. You called it a heaven for Unimox, which is I, totally correct. I think that's exactly it. Yeah. I have never seen, next to going to certain militaries that I've seen in the past being overseas, I have never seen that many Unimogs gathered together in one place. I think that our friend Jay, technically speaking, could be registered as an army of some sort if he were to equip these things with weapons. I mean, he's got a lot. But more importantly, he upgrades for these vehicles. He actually makes components for them. So the one that we have has a lot of the upgrades that he's actually perfected. Yeah, so the whole point was, you know, we have the tumbleweed ranch, right? right. Uh, we have our own property, and we often get stuck in our back course. Um, that's on purpose, right? We have an Onyx off-road rated uh, course. Um, you could check it out on mm -hmm. TFL off-road. But we sometimes have big vehicles like the Ram 3500 that was recently there stuck. And what do we need? We need a big vehicle to come in and help it. Right. So what better vehicle other than a Unimog? But not just any Unimog, dude. You, mentioned, you, you touched on this. It's upgraded, completely refurbished. And power operated on 46's uh, beast. It's a beast. It can hold the whole crew. And it has, an, actually, it has a large bed that's covered uh, where we can put the younger crew members in, too. Yes, um, when it's not freezing. When it's, even if it's freezing, they're <laughs> yeah. fine. They're fine. Um, but it is, it's a spectacular vehicle. All Unimogs are amazing. I had the opportunity, just a side story. We have time. Yeah. Um, when I was young, I was about 24. 25 years old. You were a strapping young man. I was a little bit more strapping than I am now, that's for sure. Um, and I had a, a girlfriend who lived in Germany. We were together for a very long time, and I lived there for a little while. And I worked for a couple days with this company that had a like a third-generation, very old Unimog, and they were actually setting telephone poles in this one section in East former East Germany. And I got to drive this thing around, and, and I got to learn a lot about Unimogs through that you know, interaction. And it was great because over there, they're everywhere. And um, they're being, they're agriculture vehicles, they're farm vehicles, they're work vehicles, they were and, and ambulances, fire trucks. Fire trucks. Yes. Um, you know, it's, they're, they're remarkable. And yes, incredibly slow. This one fortunately has been re-geared re so it can drive on American highways. But I was talking to Andre earlier about it. And apparently, uh, everything's awesome going up to about what, 30? Well, no, no, no. So here's the deal. Um, and we'll have separate videos about this, Completely too. separate videos but, coming up. But here, here's the thing. Um, so Jay, Couch of Road, uh -huh. they import a lot of these directly from Europe. Yes. Um, or maybe some other par parts of the world. Mm -hmm. um, and then they usually come in as kind of work vehicles, like, especially fire trucks. Yeah, we notice so, a lot of fire trucks. So when the fire department, you know, when it's kind of end of life, you know, they're no longer using that particular model, maybe too, my too high mileage, or maybe they have new equipment coming in. They basically sell them at auction. Right. right? And Jay snaps some of these up, ships them here, and then upgrades them. And what I was saying about zero to about 25 miles an hour, I have to shift between like five gears. <laughs> so the spacing between these gears are so small. And the red line on this, this the one we're talking about is um, straight six diesel, uh, mm -hmm. Mercedes diesel. Right. And the torque band is so narrow, right? But a lot of torque and a lot of power. 320 horsepower, about 800 pound-feet of torque. And by the time I get 30, I'm already in sixth gear. And I'm using quotes, air quotes, because there's two gears lower than that 
uh, that are Corolla gears. Well, it, is, is it a dual gear range? No, it's a it's a tri Trip, it's a triple. triple gear range. So right, right. just listen to this. So it has an eight gear manual pattern. Mm -hmm. You usually don't use the bottom two gears. That's why I'm not counting them here. Right. So you're using the upper six. Then each of those eight gears has a um, overdrive, which is about twenty nine percent. It's mm -hmm. a switch on the on the um, shifter, right? And then there's low range called work gears, <laughs> so you can multiply each gear once again, right? So really, it has 24 speeds. And how many in reverse? 24 speeds. Exactly. <laughs> there's a, a lever that goes forward mm -hmm. or backwards. It right. basically flips, and it's ingenious, dude. It's, yeah. it's really cool. But once you get it over 30. You get in the higher fifth and sixth gear, and then overdrive. It will go sixty-five all day long. So, and it's relatively efficient for such a big, badass, heavy vehicle. I mean, what what's the one that we have weigh? So it's about almost fifteen thousand pounds. 15, just the vehicle. Just the vehicle is yeah. fifteen thousand pounds, and it's. Uh, and Jay says it at least gets ten mpg. I mean, if you think about that. I mean, loaded. Deep. So yeah. unloaded, like I was driving, it's probably eleven or twelve. Yeah. Which is like a TRX, basically. Essentially, that's, that's my point. <laughs> but it can run over TRXs. Actually. Oh yeah, I mean, it won't catch them, but it can run over them. Yeah. yeah these these things are remarkable. They and they're very agriculture in terms of what they were built for. But a lot of people are buying them and having them converted to super overlanding vehicles, which is awesome, but it's also really funny because I've met some of these people and some of these guys are, you know, and gals are full-on adventurers, like they have the adventure spirit and they want to go out there and do it. And other people are like, you know, bro, I live in Encino and I just really need a cool looking truck to occasionally take places. And then they drive it three times and realize they hate it and sell it off and it's a ridiculously expensive vehicle. The one that we have is worth how much? 400000 that's approaching. And it does not have prices. a motorhome back on. No, it's it's just it's, it's just a workbed. Yeah, with, work bed. With, that's covered. Yeah, uh, but it's a very cool looking vehicle. I'm really excited that we have it. it. I think it just fits in our garage, just at the at the ranch. Yes. And you will be seeing a lot of videos with it uh, in the future, and we will be taking it places. We will be doing things with it. Yeah. So how about we move on to the next grievance? Next grievance. So right we now we, we just talked about something to, awesome. Right. But now let's get back to our list. And it is kind of a top 11-ish. Kind of, sort of. 10-ish. Yeah. So how about stereos? Stereos. That's an interesting thing. And so I got an email a long time. I think it was like two years ago. And somebody bought a brand new Silverado. And they absolutely adored it. This was with the diesel engine. Uh, the, the previous generation diesel engine. They just upgraded it. And they loved it, but they really didn't like the, uh, the actual stereo system itself, how it sounded versus what they paid for it and how it functioned. And I actually can kind of understand that because I've seen a lot of other vehicles where just something as simple as Bluetooth doesn't work right or the interface isn't quite working or the sound just doesn't sound quite right, even on the upgraded stereo system. So, yeah, I get it. Yeah, totally. So here's what I've noticed. Usually, and I'm not an audiophile um, or audiophile. Uh, audiophile, I am. Okay, okay. Uh, you're, you're more of an audiophile than me. But when I get into a simple truck, for example, a Ram 1500 Stubby, uh, our very simple tradesman truck that we have mm -hmm. uh, in our fleet uh, of long-term vehicles, I get in it, I turn on the stereo, and it actually sounds decent. So yeah, no, okay. no, no, no complaint, <coughs> okay? But then I get into something nicer, I mean, upper level. Yeah, more expensive. And, and for example, my recent example was the Maverick Lariat 
Trevor. Yeah, yeah, we that, just that had that. we recently had. Mm -hmm. And we, we're going to be doing more videos with it. The Afro video is still coming up. Yeah. So stay tuned for that. Cool looking truck. Cool looking up. truck. Crank the stereo. It sounds kind of tingy. Like it's not. And it wasn't their B&O system. Mm -hmm. I, uh, you would have to step up another package. But even that one doesn't sound great to me. Yeah. So, so what is the deal? How come certain manufacturers sometimes miss... Like the basic system sounds good. Mm -hmm. The top level, like the Fender systems and Nissan, so, amazing. Uh, yeah, and also um, uh, Fenders being used in Volkswagen as well. Uh, yeah, those systems. You know what the, the best system in? Let me know beats, if you agree. Right? No. You love Beats, Dr. Dre. Well, it's because it's Dr. Dre. Yeah, but exactly. but uh, no, uh, the Rivian Meridian system. They have a Meridian stereo. Yes. And not it's not just according to me. Mm. Several other people said told me that that system is one of their favorites, but but some others too, like Fender. Yeah, so I, I have a theory about this, okay. and I'm, I'm curious to your you guys and your take. One of the things you may notice is that we don't cover uh, audio systems that often, unless it's we, something really glaring. We don't, and that's for various reasons because I think that the product, the car or truck itself, is the most important thing, and that's kind of secondary. And there's guys out there who that's all they do is they focus specifically on stereo systems. However, I do know that many of these top-end market stereo providers out there, in many cases, are using some very, how do I put it, cheap parts out there. And in some cases, you're really feeling it as you know, somebody who buys them. So if you're getting an inexpensive truck, as an example, and you get just the standard four-speaker or whatever, uh, you're, you're already like, okay, and I'll deal with what I get. I'm not going to, you know, crank it. I'm not going to have it. You know, it's not going to be 500 watts or whatever, but you get it, right? But when you suddenly, have, you know, gazillion watts and then cheap materials make it sound tinny or make things vibrate the wrong way or whatever, I think that has to do with some of these manufacturers who are providing to these automakers a substandard piece of equipment because they bought substandard pieces of equipment. That's that's my theory. So in defense of a lot of manufacturers mm -hmm. and stereo providers, stereo system manufacturers as well, I've talked to like Bang & Olufsen people yeah, yeah. and um, some of like Fender guys, mm -hmm. and they work with manufacturers hand in hand. Often they do, yes. Uh, for months or years before that vehicle is unveiled or released, yeah. you know, when a new vehicle is coming up. And it's arduous, you know, they're, they're placing the speakers in the right areas and they're doing all the measurements and all the tuning. Oh, they're measuring everything, impedance, the whole nine yards. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but, but then, I mean, I don't know what happened in this Maverick recently to me, but it, it didn't sound quite right. And it may be because it's a little bit more an expensive vehicle. It was, mm. you know, $37,000 for nicely equipped four-wheel drive truck otherwise. Yeah. So, so but... Have, have you listened to um, the new Macintosh system in the Grand Wagoneer? In the Grand Wagoneer, yeah, it was incredible. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's, it's just extraordinary. That's... But, you know, I've heard systems that cost less that sound almost as good or as good to my ear. Now, bear in mind, I mean, I'm not here listening to Bach all the time. I am occasionally <laughs> listening to, you know, punk rock and heavy metal, and I enjoy it really loud. But there's a lot of stereo systems out there, namely Toyota. They use a lot of them that don't go loud enough, but that's a different story. Point is, is that I think that in many cases, and I think some of you guys might agree with me or agree with us, stereo systems don't quite deliver from time to time, and that is an issue. And I, I want to hear from you if you have a specific experience from that, too. Let's move on to the next one. Yeah, next one is towing packages and pickup trucks 
that do not come with integrated brake controllers. Ding, 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 ding. And Winner, this is actually one of my number ones. Yeah. Wouldn't uh, you agree? I mean, this is huge. As far as pet peeves go, and I'm, I'm going to look something up here. Grievances. Uh, grievances. Um, it is, so here's, give, let me give you an example. Unforgivable. So we were recently in the Tacoma, right? Tacoma is the most popular truck, mid-sized truck in the, in the country. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's equipped with a hitch and uh, wiring and everything else. But you get into it, you hook up a trailer to it, and you're like, wait, wait a minute. Where is the trailer brake controller? Right. And how much can it tow? What's its limit? 6,400 pounds. And how much over X amount of pounds do you need in order so, to have a trailer brake? It's so 35. In, in Colorado, there are, so there's laws that vary by state oh, right, sometimes. Right. But in Colorado, it's 3,000 pounds. And below, you don't have to have a brake controller or a brake trailer. Above 3,000 pounds, you do. Yes. You, you have to have brakes, functioning brakes. So what? It can be anything, like a surge brake. Right. Uh, just works by itself. Uh, or, you know, somehow actuated electric or hydraulic brakes, basically. Right. So the bottom line here is that just something like this, and we're not just picking on Tacoma. There's a lot of truck bankers out there that don't have it. Ford Ranger. It's another example. Yes. Being able to tow up to 6,000, 7,000 pounds, let's say, and not having a brake controller, but you have all the other stuff there, and you order the tow package, I don't understand why they don't put a, a trailer brake in there. It just doesn't make sense. And here's the thing. You might say, wait a minute, that part costs X amount. Yes, it does. Mm -hmm. But just roll it into the package. Why not? I'm already paying, what, $800 or $700 for that package? Yeah, so another 100 bucks if you have the controller as part of that whole package. There's an awful lot of people who are going to want it. I guarantee you, automakers, truck makers, that more people are going to want it than not want it. Well, because you're buying a truck for capability. You're not right. buying it to show off at the mall. Or at least I hope not. Well, in some cases, well, these guys uh, okay. are. Have you but, seen some of them? Yeah. Uh, here's another case of this, uh, really quick. Our, our very own Alex, right? Um, Alex recently purchased a uh, Ram 2500, which was a tradesman. And it's a beast. Yeah, and then he lifted it. We have a video about that. It's awesome. Uh, but um, he has a tow pack. I mean, it's a heavy-duty truck. It's a yeah. 2500. But because it was a tradesman, it was kind of a unique build. Like, mm -hmm. he didn't order it. It was on the lot when he got there. Right, right. So he didn't con configure it himself. It has no brake controller. And the thing can tow what? 20,000 pounds. 20,000 pounds, but there's no brake controller that comes standard with it? With because it has a tow package, yeah. but it just doesn't have that. So I, you know, I challenge automakers and truck makers out there. Come on, guys! If you have a tow package with okay, if the vehicle is not built to tow over, let's say three thousand pounds or thirty five hundred pounds, let's say, and you don't do it, I get it. And in that case, something like well, like the Santa Cruz, exactly the Santa, the, yeah. the base model Santa Cruz, yeah. or the base model Maverick, yes. you know, the hybrid, totally get it. But most other trucks can tow well over that, and you really should be equipping them with that if they have the tow package. Yes, so I guess enough. We kind of beat that one. Yeah, but I think it's a uh, logical grievance. Yeah, and it, it was top on our list, I think, yeah. for both of us. Because, come on, trucks are capable. Give us brake controllers. No more excuses in 2023. Yes. So what's the next one? The next one is the trim level confusion. Oh, yeah, this is a huge one. And it has to do with something that just recently came out that reminded us of this. There are a lot of uh, truck and car makers out there who tend to add several different trim levels to a particular vehicle. And it gets a little confusing because sometimes they'll package and, and put together and bundle 
certain things into one trim level, but not another. Or perhaps they'll have a special trim level that'll have three different things, but not four different things. You know, it, it gets a little crazy. So one of the biggest uh, perpetrators is RAM. Okay. Ram is I just, just as, you were, as you were talking, you got pulled up a Ram story. A, a Lone Star. There you go. Yeah. Uh, I'm not saying this is bad. A lot of you guys, I'm sure, are thrilled that, uh, you know, hey, we get variety. And that's huge. However, sometimes it's almost too much variety. And there's a lot of stuff going on where you're like, nah, maybe this is a little confusing. And I would agree with you. I find that some of these trim levels and some of these packages that I put together can be not only confusing, but intimidating for some people. Let me read this headline I wrote in 2017. This was State Fair of Texas 2017. Yeah, a few years ago. New, new 2018 Ram Laramie Longhorn South Fork and heavy-duty Lone Star Silver trucks debut in Dallas. That's a mouthful. I had to prepare to say that. So Laramie Longhorn mm -hmm. South Fork and Lone Star Silver. HD. Uh, HD. So... Um, not to bang, you know, bash Ram. And so here's They're not the only ones to do this. No. I mean, let's say like Ford, you know, King Ranch, Texas edition. Yeah, or, or, or Toyota with their... Um, 1794 that may not be a platinum or maybe better than a platinum, but less than a platinum. That's exactly where I'm going. Yeah. This. So this is kind of the confusion. I think a lot of them have really great names. Laramie Longhorn. That to me means Wild West. I'm out there with, with my truck by myself, and it's capable, and it's punching through, you know, brush and running over rocks. Which is a funny irony, considering that most of the people who order it probably live in <laughs> L.A. or Miami. But yeah, I mean, I get it. Yeah, I agree. But it has that name. Yeah, right? it has a name that has Robert. So and South Fork, I can see like the river flowing through the valley. You know, mm -hmm. it's a fork in the river, and it's amazing. Do you, are you, are you no, I, 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 I don't. I'm, I'm not that keen on it. Oh, okay. Uh, I like simple names. You know, if they called it a cherry bomb, I'd be really happy. Also, also, what can I can I add this to the trim level thing? Uh, is General Motors? Mm -hmm. They have a history, and this goes back decades. Oh, of well, not just that. Uh, th they do the thing where the Z71 package. Ugh. Which part of which those, we kind of mentioned earlier with the tires. Yeah, which part of the Z7 or 1 tells you that it's an off-road capable vehicle? Yeah, it's. I still get confused with it to this day because they have other things that are alphanumeric that kind of throw into the mix of alphabet soup. Z ZR2. Exactly. And sometimes it can easily be confused. But on top of that, I think that the Z71 package is in itself confusing. And then that can be attached to other names too. Yeah, like a trail bus Z71. Exactly. Is it a trail bus or, or is, is it a Z71? Z71? Or is it both? Right. Apparently it's both. You know what I want to call it? What? A Z71 Longhorn. Ah, piss everybody Laramie off. from Laramie. Yeah. And all of a sudden people are like, why? Well, you can't confuse so, the names. Well, they're confusing. Ford does a little bit of this too. Mm -hmm. So Ford F-150 XL. XL sounds nice. Mm -hmm. I mean, XL Entry is level. like extra large, right? Thank you. Uh, but then XLT. Why is there a T attached? Because it's it? extra large, tall. Tall, tall. Yeah, so but 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 then but then there is also the lariat. The lariat used to mean like middle mid range, but now lariats are like super luxurious and super nice. Yeah, that's one of the problems is yeah. that they're they're throwing around new names or they're coming up with other names. Capstone. Yes. The Capstone. You know what I think of when I think of Capstone? I'm not going to be rude. Yes, I am a little. Um, countertops. 
I think of a countertop. Oh, okay. I think of the nice, step- nice ones, though. Of course. Okay. But when I've gone shopping with my wife and she drags me to these stores. Oh, like, honey, let's see the capstone. Capstone over at Ikea. Ikea has capstone countertops that we're able to put into our bathroom. It just doesn't quite feel right. But that, that's neither here nor there because everybody kind of does this to a certain degree. Toyota isn't as confusing as some of the other ones, but they still do confusion because they've changed a few names around. Is it, isn't like the, one of the trim levels is no longer a high trim, it's a mid trim or something like that, and they switched it around? Well, and so multiple manufacturers also use like the word limited right. to mean different things mm-hmm. or the word platinum to mean different things. Right. So uh, it's, it's total confusion. And you know what? Hmm. That's why TFL Truck exists. To help you with your confusion. Yes. Or to we, add to we it. We can weed out all of we can we can tell you that the Tundra Limited it's mid range and the Ram Limited it's the high end. Mm-hmm. Come to us. Yes. And we will help you. Yeah, specifically just talk to us and, and <laughs> we we can help you. Talk to Andre, I should say. Uh, let's move on to the next one. I have a story I wanted to say later on, a real quick one, it will take about two minutes of time. It has to do with a video that we recently produced and some of my Anger issues therein. Oh, wow. Um, so how about uh, we want to talk about impossible towing numbers. How about that? That is absolutely true. So a lot of you guys may have noticed that the towing war continues to expand and just get to absolutely astronomical numbers. 40,000 pounds, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Crazy torque, all this other stuff. But you got to look at the fine print because in many cases, you're not going to be towing that, Right. Yeah, so here's a very simple rule, right? Uh, so Ford recently showed the F450 for 2023. This is the next generation of their Super Duty truck. Right. And they said 40,000 pound capable, right? Mm-hmm. So a lot of bells started going off. You know, a lot of outlets said, you know, oh my God, it's half a semi truck. I mean, it is. Uh, it is. Um, and then, oh my God, the, the, the war continues. And I started scratching my head. I said, okay, so if you're towing something that's 40,000 pounds, that means it's, it's, it's a gooseneck. Yes. Because fifth wheel, at least for pickup trucks, are not rated that highly. Mm-hmm. Um, so using a gooseneck attachment, which goes in the middle of your bed, right, right. with the ball. Um, and you need 20% of that weight, approximately, to, to proper load it, mm-hmm. to push onto the truck. Correct. Which means 20% of 40,000 is 8,000 pounds which means your truck must have at least 8,000 pounds of payload. And not many do. And, and these are my just off, off the top of my head calculations. And these are logical, simple calculations. This is not biased. This is exactly yeah. what he's thinking. And I would do it for any truck. You right, know, exactly. If you tell me this truck tows 3,500 pounds, 30, I'm sorry, 30,000, 35,000 pounds, quick calculation. If you're properly loaded, you probably need to get closer to 20%, mm-hmm. you know, to probably you know, properly distribute the weight. You need 7,000 pounds of payload. If your truck does not have that, you don't have the right truck. <laughs> exactly. Now, b- bear in mind that uh, 10% can be the rule of thumb for the much lighter duty trucks, too. And, and also for thing. the lower hitch, at b- bumper under, under the bumper mounted hitch. Correct. So same rule applies. Like if you say, you know, 14,000 pounds is a bumper tow rating, uh-huh. 10% of that is 14. 100 pounds, right. So your truck better have at least that. It better or Andre will find you. Yes. But it's but it, he, he's absolutely right. So these these numbers that you're seeing, um, and there's something else too, and that has to do with license. Well, you know, what's legal? Yes. Um, and if you're over 26,000 pounds combined weight of which truck and trailer, you have to have a CDL. It may not be a commercial CDL. You know how there are non-commercial ones. 
you know, to tow, you know, maybe your camper, for mm -hmm. example, like Texas and some other states require additional training and additional licenses to tow big trailers. Which is, I'm actually kind of grateful for that. Yeah, which is a good idea. Should But we... you still need the special training and a special endorsement yes. to, to, to be towing something like this. Exactly. And I think a lot of people get the wrong idea, like, oh, this is not a commercial truck or, you know, whatever. I don't need that. Well, you do. Uh, in order to be legal. So keep that in mind. Take it with a grain of salt. Now, speaking of grain of salt, can I quickly just throw into the story? Yes, and then I'll mention one more thing about this Ford. Well, go ahead and mention one more thing. Oh, okay. Let, yeah. let me just mention, because I make it sound like, uh, you know, Ford is having incorrect information. No, no, no. Which no, they it, don't. Exactly. Uh, and here is why. So here's a, from the uh, owner's manual on the Ford F450 for 2023. And it says, 40,000 pounds gooseneck tow package. Optional on XL, so you have to buy a base truck. Right. It has to be a F450, which is still kind of a consumer version of the truck, but it has bigger axles mm -hmm. and stronger suspension. Has to be a two-door regular cab. Right. Has to be two-wheel drive. Not four-wheel drive, gotcha. And has to have a diesel engine, uh, the 6.7 liter. Uh, and then you have to remove your spare tire. It says spare tire delete. Mm-hmm. You see the... <laughs> suddenly, you're, these are different things, and, uh, you know, suddenly you are at the mercy of what's required, and you're no longer just simply buying a truck and throwing, you know, a fifth wheel on it. Yeah, so it's very, very specific. So, yes, you, it's possible. You can configure your truck this way. Wheel center cab delete. I think that's misspelled. But you're deleting your center caps. Why are you That doing weigh, what, a pound? Less oh, than a pound? Do you think it's for heating or cooling or something? I don't, I Why don't would know. you? Okay. I think it's weight related. Okay. Anyways, so this truck exists, mm -hmm. but are you going to find it on the lot? Probably not. <laughs> yeah. No. No. Unless you specifically order it and specifically equip it. Well, a lot of hotshot drivers are going to want that, and a lot of guys who are pulling horse trailers. And those guys remove their beds. Exactly. Like, bam. The Boom. bed is, is gone. Which increases their capacity, yes. too. So exactly. keep that in mind. All right. Now, speaking of beds, actually, this is a great segue. Recently, Andre and I did a video. Um, where we're, it, it's basically us trying to challenge in real, real world conditions what things benefit and also can perhaps subtract from the MPG of a vehicle, and that, in this case, Stubby. And we did it with a tonneau cover. Uh, that video came out just a couple days ago. And it's actually a very successful video, guys. Most of you guys have been very positive, but then I received an email, and I've seen some messages on social media okay. that have been downright rude. And more importantly, They kind of are, well, wrong. So what we did, and it's pretty simple. Stubby has a tonneau cover, and we did a 56-mile loop, was it? Yeah. And it was highway. Basically, 57 it turned out to be, okay. so under 60 miles. Right. And we did this loop with the tonneau cover on. We fueled up, we measured the MPG, and then we took the tonneau cover off. We actually kept it inside the bed of the truck so the weight would remain the same. And then we did it again, and we noticed a difference. And you can watch the video to watch to see what the difference is. Now, during the video, we mentioned, yes, Mythbusters did something similar, and their results were different than ours. But we mentioned it, and we also said this is real-world conditions, and some of the people who commented were saying things like, this is misinformation, and it's fake news, and who cares about this? It's absolutely untrue, or it makes total sense why bother doing this video. Now, I wanted to say something in uh, our defense. <laughs> and seriously, they, yeah. um, it's a lot of work to make these videos, and if you don't like it, 
you don't have to watch it. And if you disagree with it, by all means, write down what your disagreement is. However, if we mention in the video, yes, it's been done before, we are fully aware of that. And then later on you're saying, well, this was done before. It means you weren't really paying attention. So yokes on you. But more importantly, I feel that that video is very valuable. And for some people who are curious, yes, that particular truck did a certain thing with the tonneau cover on versus off, and perhaps different cab configurations and different bed configurations will behave differently. We're fully aware of that, but we don't have the wherewithal right now to test that on every single truck that's out there, but perhaps in the future, we will. Yeah, and it was a surprising result. Yeah, it was I mean, a surprising result. You and result. I obviously, uh, honestly, and obviously were, were pleasantly surprised that we saved quite significantly. But I want, I, I want them to watch the video so they can see whether or not they think we're being accurate. But also, I want to add to that. Yes. There's another video coming out in the near future, which has to do with the chin spoiler or the air dam yes. on this very same truck on the same loop. And that is coming out in the near future. Yes. And if you think this was controversial, just wait. <laughs> just wait until wait. you see it. But just you know, take this with a grain of salt. Understand that these are real-world conditions, and we're doing our best to be as accurate as we can be. By the way, we we're not, by the way, some people I think said we were paid by the tonneau cover manufacturer, which we're not. No, I didn't. It come no. with the truck. Uh, uh, it was a Mopar accessory for a heavy-duty yeah, truck, exactly. and we transferred it to Stubby, which has the same bed. By the way, uh, I did something similar with the F-150 Lightning. Mm -hmm. uh, I went to Albuquerque with Cole, mm -hmm. and we used tonneau cover off and on, mm -hmm. and we almost saw no, no benefit in the F-150 Lightning, which was, like you said, different cab, different, different bed. bed. Right. So if maybe if you have a work truck like this, Maybe you should consider a tonneau cover. That's exactly because it. Because of this. Yeah. So yeah. we're fully aware of the fact that there are other factors out there that would change the results. And many, but many people out there are like, hey, I've, I've owned this X truck for a long time and I had a tonneau cover and it saved me over time $1,000 or whatever. Amazing stuff. But then other people are like, I never noticed a difference. Okay. We get that too. We're not here to sell the damn thing. We're here to show you what we found on doing our real world testing. Okay, done. Yes. Let's move on. Uh, next one is powertrain options. Sometimes too many, sometimes it's too not, few. Yes. yes, yes and yes. Yes. So uh, just to quickly throw that out there, there are a lot of uh, truck builders out there that provide a ton of options for you guys in How terms about of powertrain. F-150 is probably the most. Or, or GM. GM. GM and F-150. Ram has a few, so, but yeah, really GM and, and Ford are the two top ones. Yeah, and here's what Ford does. So Ford has, and you know, options or choice is usually good. Is it right? four different V6s? <laughs> is it four or is it even five now? I, 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 mean, I think it used to it's Because it's the base model yeah. non-turbo. Yes. It's the 2.7. Um, the 2.7. And then there's the high output three... Uh, five, and then there's the regular three five, and then there's a hybrid, and then there's which the hybrid combines electricity. So that's that's five V sixes, and, and now, the V eight, and the V eight, and now supercharged V eight, supercharged V eight, and that's just the F one fifty, and that's and then all electric one too. Yeah, and the that's right, all electric. So <laughs> so that's a lot. Yes. So when you guys uh, ask us questions, for example, which F one fifty engine is best for me? Well, we've done some other shows about this. Yeah. But it's not easy to explain. Eight options. Then go over to something like Nissan. One option. <laughs> one transmission. Um, you can. The only real thing you can change is whether or not you want a rear drive or four-wheel drive, really. that's. I think that's about it. 
Uh, and that's both good and bad. I mean, it makes it a lot easier to choose the truck, but at the same time, it's like, oh, there are no other options for you to choose. Toyota does give you a couple options because they have the hybrid and then the regular, regular being twin turbocharged V6. Right. Right. And so here, and, and GM, what GM does is they have several different transmissions on top of their engine choice. Yeah, which, which makes it, yeah. So you can get a 5.3 V8 with an 8-speed. You can get it with a 10-speed, mm -hmm. depending on different trims. Right. Uh, 6.2 liter comes usually with a 10-speed. The diesel comes with a 10-speed. But there's quite a few options still. There uh, are. Uh, so, um, and now they have a 2.7 liter turbo, which is a four-cylinder. Yeah, but uh, that's an 8-speed. I don't think they have a 10-speed version of it, do they? No, they don't. They should. Not yet, at least. Uh, yeah. So, um, what GM did recently for 2023, they kind of re, uh, redesigned their configurator, mm -hmm. and it's now a little bit easier to understand. Uh, Thank you, General Motors. So now people <laughs> at least can choose exactly kind of which powertrains are best for them. That's exactly it. So in some cases, and this is a grievance for some people, there are just too many options out there, and it's really hard to figure out. And then the other side of it is there are no options. So you know, obviously there's a sweet spot for everybody. That's the cool thing about trucks is that, you know, you have options, but at the same time, it can be difficult for some people. Once again, please come to tfltruck.com if you have questions. Indeed. Should we move on to the next one? Yeah. Um, here is um, something, missing components. Oh, yeah. Now, this is a modern problem. Modern being basically since the chip shortage slash component shortage. Really within the last two years. Yeah, almost. and pandemic. All yeah. of that mixed into one. There are a lot of people out there who really wanted to get their new truck and were willing to sacrifice to not have certain things on it, let's say like a heated steering wheel or heated seats, with the promise that they would get that component upgrade later on. But... Uh, it didn't happen. That component never came, did it? Well, that's the problem. Uh, there's not only those shortcomings, some people have just simply opted out of not having it altogether, just saying, okay, I'll deal with not having it. And I mean, sure... Some people are like, oh, you don't need that hand warmer on that steering wheel, you sissy man. You may be right. But some people, you know what? They really do want them. Or uh, there's a flip side of that. Mm -hmm. Let's say uh, you bought a brand new truck. And right now, in my mind, it General Motors comes to mind because it happened to us in the, in the Z, it, uh, ZR2. That's right. Uh, we bought a ZR2 truck, as you know, uh, for a long-term fleet truck uh, for us. And... Um, let me get this right. It did not have heated seats, and it didn't have um, this heated steering wheel, which was, it was supposed to have. Mm -hmm. But the button was there. So the little button that says little little heating steering wheel did nothing, basically, because yeah. the element wasn't there. Right. And we signed an agreement with General Motors uh, through the dealer saying, by X time, I think it was like six months from now, uh, that component will be retrofitted on this truck. Because if it's not, let's say I sell it to you, and you see that button, and you expect it to have it, but it doesn't have it, and you're now bummed. Yeah, well, it also devaluates the truck. It devalues the truck. Totally. And that could lead to litigation. There's a lot of things that could happen with stuff like that. So yeah. it could be a real issue. So it's a bummer. So, but I'm not saying, you know, hey, um, because they usually don't have a choice. They don't have a choice, but either, at the same time, if they make don't a ship a truck or ship a truck and try to negotiate, right? Well, but, but if you make a promise saying in six months, I'm going to make sure that your steering wheel and your seat are both heated, and it doesn't happen by then, that's a problem. And that is where we are right now with some of this. Yeah. 
So it's, and I'm curious if whether or not you guys have had to deal with that issue. I've heard Ford, same issue with some of their vehicles. I'm not sure about Ram, but I thought I heard it about I, Toyota. I haven't heard well. a lot about Ram, yeah. No, but I, I heard that Toyota did have some issues. I remember as well. Toyota, and this was a couple of years ago, kind of in the, in the midst of the shortage when it was starting out. They were selling trucks with one key, mm -hmm. and then the second key would arrive later. And right. I don't know if it came later or not for yeah, some people. Yeah, which is, once again, you know, hopefully so. if you guys are listening or viewing this, you know, let us know whether or not you, that's something that you've experienced. But it is an issue. And these automakers, I mean, we're not talking about some mom-pop organization out there that gets by on, you know, 100 grand a year. We're talking about multi-billion dollar industry that cannot get you the chip you deserve. So I'm well, just saying. Well, how about this? Uh, fewer chips. Build trucks simpler. How about crank windows? How about I would? Can I crank my window? I would be totally into that. Yeah, I love cranking. The Unimog has a crank window. <laughs> it does, but it's also a little bit older. And, <laughs> yeah. So. Um, so, but anyway, it's something that I think is worth mentioning. It is a proper gripe. Oh, let's move on. Yeah. So next one is um, how about this? Cheap materials in expensive trucks. That is so true. Recently. I will go back uh, two years ago, maybe even three years ago. I was in a truck that cost about $87,000, I think is what it cost. And it wasn't even the very top of the line, but it was nearly the top of the line. And this was a half-ton truck. It wasn't even, you know, heavy-duty. Are you going to tell me which brand? No, I'll let you figure it out. But okay. it, I think you remember me complaining, and I even wrote about it, that the interior quality was just as bad as a $50,000 truck or a $40,000 truck. And I was furious about that because in my mind, a lot of people who are going to buy a truck like that, where they're willing to spend ridiculous amounts of money, but also there are tax reasons and there are work reasons why they're doing it. I get it. But then if you touch a panel and it's like, wow, that is exactly the same type of cheap material as on a truck that's about half this price, I'd be furious. I'd be livid. The hell with it. If it's going to be that expensive, I want those materials to be properly covered. I want that truck feeling more luxurious. Did that uh, truck uh, name start with an F and yeah. N and a D? Yes. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, uh, so so I I can second that, and I think uh, this company that we're mentioning is doing better. They have so improved. They're, they're, That's why I was mentioning it a couple of years ago. But other people do it too. They are improving, and I think what made them improve is actually Ram. Mm -hmm. Ram was kind of spearheading and leading this in the interior design. Interior department. quality and Ram yeah. trucks has just absolutely pushed everybody to a much higher uh, level, and, which is good. And remember, one of the Stellantis or FCA designers told us. Um, if you want to know, like, the level, the extent of the interior design, put your hand inside of the map pocket in the door. Exactly. And feel if it's sharp or not. Right. And if it's not sharp, it's done right. That, and that is it. And th then you take it a step further, and you feel between certain components, you know, on the dash, and uh, perhaps where the gear lever is or whatever. Those things, if they feel unfinished, if they feel like they're just cheap plastic or sharp, that means that someone didn't really finish them quite right or perhaps that they just didn't care about that quality. So that was Klaus who actually told me that oh, that's right. a long time ago. Yeah. He used to be in charge of the interior quality and design for back during the FCA days. FCA, yeah. Yeah, he's like seven feet tall, amazing person. Anyway, what they would do is they would actually hire people to make sure that those things are finished. And it was just that little touch. It's like, hmm. That's nice to have that type of quality. Well, guess what? Some people, despite having remarkably expensive trucks, still don't have that quality. But they're improving. Let's they say. are yeah. improving, but I still say it's a gripe worth having, considering how much money some of you guys are spending on trucks. Yeah, and I think recently um, the, the new Toyota Tundra, 
Um, mm. um, if you're not getting the capstone, and in the capstone, I can tell the quality. Mm-hmm. It almost looks like a Lexus. That's interior. exactly it. It's like it's like they got it's a like, guy from Lexus to do yeah, it. Yeah, it's almost like looks like Lexus inside the capstone Tundra. But if you're not getting the capstone or the TRD Pro, if you're getting some of the lesser trims, there's a lot of black plastics. Even the TRD Pro has some components yeah. on there that don't feel like they're up to snuff to me. But it, that's that's a total, you know, it, and I'm curious to you guys how you feel about some of the interiors on some really expensive trucks out there and whether or not you think they're up to snuff. How about two more? Two more. Are you ready? Yes. Uh, bam. Pricing. Oh, that, yeah. That's a big one. Especially I, because I, what I, you recently covered. I think for, for most of us, that's a big one, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and I brought up a picture of the new 2023 uh, Chevy Colorado ZR2 Desert Boss because this truck is just coming out soon. Yeah. It's not available yet. It's not. But, but we found uh, they released the configurator online with mm. all the pricing. Mm-hmm. And Roman and I sat down and we configured one. And boy, we, we had an eye-watering price experience there. The pricing is just, and this is a mid-sized truck. Now, I get it. This is a special mid-sized truck. I mean, it really is, you know, a special trim. And looks pretty amazing. I think I'm it looks saying. fantastic. The, the, the numbers for the powertrain and everything else look really promising, too. With that being said. Yes. So uh, the base Colorado starts at about 31500 bucks. And then after we, you know, got the high output turbo engine mm-hmm. added, we added the zero two package, which comes with skid plates and DSSV shocks, bigger tires, wider track. Then we added the Desert Boss package, which was ninety five hundred dollars by itself. The price went up to about sixty six thousand plus. And I got to say this: that is ridiculous. But as insane as that is, there are Jeep Gladiators that cost I, the same or even I, more. I knew you were going to say that yep. because we've seen diesel gladiators pushing 70K, exactly. maybe even more. Maybe even more. Yeah. So you guys kind of replied to us and they said, "This, how can this be? How, this, how is this possible? But so there's a couple of things I, yes. can, I can say in defense. Okay. So first of all, the base two-wheel drive Colorado being like $31,000, I think still a re- good deal. Because you are getting, and keep this in mind, you are getting a... Cab. Four doors. Right. A four-door cab. You're not getting like this uh, standard cab, nor are you getting a uh, king cab style or whatever. You know, you're getting a proper four-door. So you get that. You also get a turbocharged four-cylinder engine. That is standard. Uh, 10-speed automatic is also standard, I believe. Eight. It's the eight. That's yeah, what they're they all do, eight. They That's didn't right. do they 10. Didn't. That's right. And Sorry. I don't know why still. I they... thought that they would go 10 because Ford went 10 with the uh, Ranger. But anyway, regardless, yeah. you're still getting that engine. You're still getting a lot of those components. So that's a good start. And for that price, I think that's decent. And four-wheel drive, if you go up to a four-wheel drive version it's of the work truck. about $3,000 extra. You're still in Bam. what I think is a very acceptable margin. It's when you start adding the really expensive goodies, well, obviously things start to grow. And of course, nice interior comes with it and mm. uh, some brighter materials, better right. quality, uh, maybe cameras all over the place. Better, right? you know, unique looking inter- exterior components. Yes. And of course, skid plates and functional stuff like lockers, right? right? Like really, really interesting stuff. Like the Jeep Gladiator also has lockers on mm. the Gladiator model. Yes, it does. So. So you're getting a lot of equipment. And, of course, another culprit, I think, is inflation. Mm. Because if you looked at this truck maybe three years ago. 10% I don't, I don't, less? Uh, I, I'm thinking possibly. between 5 and 10% less. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So the, the problem is, is not that the, the inflation is a problem because our um, salaries are not increasing at the same rate 
as the inflation is going. Right. And we're not going to get political about this, really. But that is the point. So the trucks are gaining in terms of that. So if you want the full-blown all bells and whistles version of this truck, you're going to pay a pretty penny. And I know some of you guys are like, well, wait a minute. That's getting really close to the starting price of a Silverado ZR2. And you would be correct. Yeah, because that's about 72000 Right. So you're you're starting to get kind of close to that. Uh, yes, but I mean, if you can look at almost every automaker or truck maker, I should say, out there, they have a similar problem, or they could have a similar problem. Yeah, and um, so my my take on it is, uh, order a more standard truck. Show the automakers that you know you you're choosing to spend less and choose your options carefully. Because what also I hate. And this is an addition to this mm-hmm. is bundling of options that you Which, don't need. Right, right, and we we kind of touched on yeah. that a little bit, but it's the bundling of options. In order for you to get A, you have to get subsection one, two, three, and four, <laughs> and pile them all together, and suddenly you're paying five thousand dollars for something you didn't ha- want. Yeah. I actually went through that when I bought my little tiny um, Santa Cruz. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because in order to get the roof rails, I had to get their special activity package. Or a massaging seat. Why? $3,500 30, no, to get that. I didn't want to get that. Yeah, and I, I, I'm kidding about massaging I seat. I would love to get a massaging <laughs> seat. I would no, name but, it Helga. But the, it's such a bummer. And, and uh, a great thing that um, Chevy is doing, they're giving you tire options. Right? Which so I the gripe like. we had before mm-hmm. about tires not being adequate, right. now they're giving you an option from Which the factory. Which is great, and more people should be doing this. Yeah, but bundling of options is not just GM. Everybody's doing it, right? And I, some, you know, accountant looking at some spreadsheet figured out that people who buy this and this also may want this, and we can charge more maybe here and there. But but no, I don't. I I just want headlights. Why can't I get LED headlights without a sunroof or etc. Yeah. You know, these and it, other automakers do this. We know that. But anyway, this is a point that's really worth making. And so, choose carefully, guys. Yes. So one uh, last one I really uh, <laughs> want to bring up, and this h- was eating me l- about a couple of weeks ago, mm-hmm. is excessive beeping. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Oh, do I know what you mean? Um, so now vehicles, this is not just trucks. This is just in general. Also. Cars in general, yeah. Uh, but there are some things you can shut off and turn off. Mm-hmm. For example, a rear seat reminder is one of the beeping things that I really dislike. In some places you can shut it off, in other cases you can't. Yeah, so uh, this is a recent thing uh, that's addressing some y- cases where either children or maybe pets were left in the back seat unattended and it was, b- you know, bad, bad things happened and manufacturers decided to add a rear seat reminder. But it's aggravating for me. I don't know wh- what you think about I agree. This. Hyundai actually came out with a system that if I believe it was Hyundai. Pardon me. <coughs> Sorry. Choked on a hair. Not mine. His. Um, <laughs> Hyundai came out with a thing where if it detects something moving and or is a weight in the back seat yeah. and you walk away from the car, the car will actually honk at you and try to remind you, hey, there might be something alive back here. That I'm okay with. I'm completely okay with that. However, every time I get out of the car and it's just like, you know, beep, there might be something back there and there's nothing back there. <laughs> or, what or, I, or what I like, the door or, is open and the keys in the ignition. Yes. Boop, boop, boop. Boop, boop, boop. It's like, I get it. The door's okay. Yes. I don't need that. I you, hate the you just You just did the fourth sound. I know I did. Uh, Can you tell we've been be, doing this for a I'm while? I'm going to be asleep and I'm going to hear that sound. Okay, which one's in, this one? In, bing, 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 bing. Uh, oh, I was going to say Toyota. That's close. Okay, okay. Yeah. Uh, uh, so so Toyota is doing something interesting. Well, first of all, re, um, 
Here's something that's necessary that could be annoying mm-hmm. uh, is the seatbelt reminder. In a Toyota truck, that Toyota truck it's will sc- scream at you. No, but, but it doesn't just, it, it, it starts low. It's like beep, beep, and then, blah, 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 blah. It's, it's like my wife yelling at me and I'm ignoring her. <laughs> so at first, you know, hey, you really need to do this. You need to do this. You need to do this. And it's, it, I mean, and it won't stop either. You know how sometimes beeps go away or reminders go away? This one keeps on going. I think it's going to get to a point where Toyota is going to equip the vehicle with a billy club and it's going to start beating you over the head Bam. if you don't respond to it. It's just insane. I get it. It's for safety, but my God. So there must be a happy medium here. So I know we need to be safer. Yeah. So we, we need to be safer and vehicles are getting safer, you know, with, you know, more airbags and different technologies and driver assistance tech. Right. But my gosh, the beeping. It's, it's, uh, it's too how much. We, how do we control I'm, the beeping? I wish there was a way where you could just sign a release <laughs> and say, okay, officially, I am not going to sue this automaker or truck maker, if I burn to death because for some reason I didn't remember my seatbelt after I crashed or blah, 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 blah. And, you know, you could sign it off and just say, I just want all beeps gone. Great. Or just select the beeps that you want. I actually don't mind the car reminding me if it does have a key that's actually has to be inserted to start it, that the key was left in there as I'm getting out because so many vehicles are push button now that it's kind of, you know, I get it. Well, what about more pleasant sound? You know, you did the Ford noise, which is, I think, an attempt to do, like, some sort of a little bit more pleasant it, sound. It's terribly annoying, but uh, I, I get well, you. Yeah. They, they tried to. And, uh, Didn't, so like, Lincoln do, like, some sort of a symphony? Like, would they record a symphony and it plays? There were some, some cars sort of where they actually, back in the 80s, would actually have a voice. And that voice oh, yes. was on these tiny little records. And, they, you know, the door is ajar. The door is ajar. Well, that's kind of fun, actually. That's Nissan again, by the way. Yeah. yeah. I remember uh, 300ZX, we had a Nissan that talked to you. Yeah. Yes. It was amazing. And for some reason, talking back didn't do anything. <laughs> AI didn't exist back then. But the point is, is that I wouldn't mind a talking car, honestly. One that, you know, especially if you could play with it, I would love one that sounded like Mr. T. You know, you check the back, fool. I you know, pity the fool. I pity the fool that don't close the door. You know, something, I would love that. Uh, you get old pretty quick, and my wife would get mad. But they would be really awesome too. And also, and the new electric vehicles when they beep when they, you back up, <sighs> like the F one hundred and fifty Lightning yeah. and some others. Uh, why not have like a? And I know regulatory, you have to have to have certain tone. De- yeah, decibel that because, has to reach a certain level. Yeah, or actually like pitch also. Yeah. So some people with poor hearing may actually be able to hear it. But what if not? Like Homer Simpson say. Watch out, I'm backing up. Or something. <laughs> Mr. Plow's coming through. Something like that. Yeah. That, that would yeah, be pretty damn not? funny. Why not do that? You know, what we're asking is please add a little bit more to the beep so it's no longer a beep and it's something that's endearing. There we go. I think that, that kind okay. of encapsulates the whole that, thing. Because that would be a happy medium between safety and also sanity, I would say. And, and maybe a little bit of pleasure depending <laughs> on... I mean, I would love to have Valerie Bertinelli telling me to put my seatbelt on. Or I got a Halle Berry. There's a little bit more modern. Ah, Rachel Weiss, maybe. Mm. Okay. I'm just working on it. I guess for the kids out there, Ariana Grande, I guess they would like her to say something. Sure. Or, or, sorry, if there's ladies out there, uh, who's the Superman? Henry Henry Oh, 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 uh, Chris Hemsworth. Hemsworth, there you go. That's all. Yeah, one of of the Hemsworths. Yes, Yes. one of them. There you go. Doesn't matter which one. Jason Momoa. (laughs) There you go. Yes. Hey, bro. (laughs) 
fast hey, your seatbelt, bro. Close your door. <laughs> Having Keanu Reeves yell at you for not getting out of the car the right way, that'd be awesome. But, I mean, the point is, guys, is that, you know, wouldn't it be great if they could add a little bit of personality to these things so they're not just, you know, as annoying as they are currently? That's all. Well, there you go. So let us know what your some of your grievances are, what your pet peeves, and maybe we can, you know, get the message out there and get the better pickup truck for all of us. I agree. Now, this is, I think, the last broadcast they're going to hear before, I believe, Christmas. Am I correct, roughly? Yes. So, Merry Christmas. Happy Holidays. Yes. Uh, happy Hanukkah. Joyous Kwanzaa. And have a wonderful Festivus. Yeah, thank you. And we'll see you again next week. And we'll talk about Happy New Year and forward. Yeah, there's a lot of stuff coming up, yeah. guys. Don't miss it. Thank you. Bye. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.